Hey everybody and welcome back. And we're not going to dwell on the National League playoffs this morning. Instead, we have a Supreme Court no decision on a half dozen death row inmates, a teacher's rare honor, and the first anniversary of a storm that changed the lives of some of our neighbors to the south forever. I'm Mike Morgan and we're down in Alabama. The U.S. Supreme Court won't be reviewing appeals in six Alabama capital punishment cases, reports AL.com's Carol Robinson. Two of those cases are for the murders of police officers. Nathaniel Woods is on death row for his role in the killing of three Birmingham officers in 2004. Mario Woodward is sentenced to die for the shooting to death of Montgomery police officer Keith Howitz during a 2006 traffic stop. Another of the cases involved the state of Alabama's first prosecution for the murder of an unborn child. In that one, Jesse Phillips shot and killed his pregnant wife, Erica Phillips, in 2009. The other three men convicted of capital murder who won't get a review are Gregory Hunt, Demetrius Frazier, and Cedric Floyd. The victims in those cases were all women. Now, how much would a surprise $25,000 prize change the rest of 2019 for you? It happened for one Alabama teacher, reports AL.com's Trisha Powell Crane. Raysa Eadie is a biology teacher at Pinson Valley High School and teaches general, advanced, and advanced placement biology. The Milken Educator Awards has recognized Edie for teaching excellence, and she was presented with what they call the Oscar of Education. You don't apply for the Milken Educator Award, and you don't nominate someone for it. They just find you. They give the award to only about 40 teachers each year nationwide, and since 1998, there have been 36 winners from Alabama, including Vestavia Hills' Heather Hurt last year. Milken likes to have their winners surprised by the announcements, so at Pinson Valley, they called an assembly at the Fine Arts Center to spring it on her. Principal Michael Turner on Edie's connection to students, quote, She's right there, meeting them where they are and providing that much-needed guidance and, more importantly, direction. Today is October the 10th. Now, it's been one year since Category 5 Hurricane Michael made landfall in the Florida Panhandle and showed off its strength, knocking over trees and causing catastrophic damage all the way up to the Alabama border and across it. And talk about strength. Now, folks... Only three Atlantic hurricanes in recorded history have been stronger than Michael. Camille, Andrew, and the Key West hurricane of 1935. That's it. One side of Michael's eye absolutely flattened Mexico Beach, wiping out dozens of beach houses on St. Joe Bay and then neighborhoods inland and causing history-changing damage all the way north of Interstate 10 in Mariana. The other side of the eye tore up everything at the coast from Tyndall Air Force Base through Panama City and then north across the Alabama state line. Now standing down there in the aftermath, and it really, we're still in the aftermath now, it seemed like every house in Bay County had damage. There were entire sections of pine forests with trees snapped off about 15 feet off the ground like somebody had taken a giant weed eater and just mowed them down. At Tyndall, an F-15 on display was blown upside down. A train was blown off the tracks along Highway 231, and nearly 50 people would lose their lives as a result of the storm, and it was really stunning to believe it was only that many. Immediately afterward, you step outside, all you could hear were generators, chainsaws, 
and the occasional siren. Some businesses descended from out of town like vultures. Many others cut square deals and helped people and made their money off the vast amount of work that needed and still needs doing. Some businesses lent helping hands and distributed donated goods or even just gave what they had, food, water, mattresses. A crowd of people were in line for complimentary Sonny's barbecue when they saw National Guard trucks rolling down Highway 77. The crowd broke out into applause. People lived in tents for months. Many left town. Many returned, but not all. Slowly but surely, power came back on, and by then the sound of nail guns were finally drowning out the sound of generators. In some places it took nearly six months, but they finally got cable and could see the national news. And they were actually surprised to find out that they weren't on it. But while attention spans were short, the road back is still a long one. I spent a couple weeks down there after it was over, and I swear to you that everybody I spoke to, and I mean almost literally everybody who told their story of that night, would make sure to include something like, but I know that people have it a lot worse than I do. And they were definitely right about that. But the empathy and the counting of blessings was something to behold. I have a friend who said she felt guilty that her family had a place to stay after the storm. And folks, she had a tree coming through a roof with water pouring in, but she felt guilty. Now, obviously, I could go on forever about this topic. There are still some funds out there if you want to help out. I've heard from people who appreciate the prayers. And if you take 231 down to Panama City Beach, consider spending some coin before you cross Hathaway Bridge while you're still on the Panama City side. Well, thank y'all for listening. And thanks for your patience with me on something I know is across the state line. I'm Ike. We're down in Alabama. And we sure hope you'll come back tomorrow. Until then, come on and see us anytime you want to on the internet at al.com. 